0: RPI Consultants administered a month-long survey across the Infor Lawson community. Our goal was to find out how users felt about the product. From functionality and ease of use to migration plans and areas for improvement, we've captured it all. Keep listening to find out our top three findings. Welcome to RPI Tech Connect. I'm your host, Chris Harry. Today, we'll be discussing survey data collected across the Infor services community. We administered this survey between December 2023 and January 2024. It asked questions regarding users' experience with Infor, as well as their plans for the system going forward. And to help us make sense of the data we collected, we have industry leader and RPI partner, Mr. Richard Lee Stout. Stout, what's up, man? Can you tell us about
1: yourself? Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on the
0: program this week.
1: Uh, long-time listener, first-time guest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my name is Richard Liesel. I'm one of the partners here at RPA Consultants. Uh, I started the company back in 2004. Uh, I've had a few different roles, uh, consulting in and, and both functional and technical areas. Uh, I managed our tech services practice for some time. Uh, and currently, my focus is on bridging the gap between sales and delivery. And what that means is I need to ensure that RPI is offering service that meets our clients' needs, uh, that's, that's priced competitively, and that it's quick and easy for our clients to engage RPI uh, to meet their infor needs.
0: Cool, man. Well, thanks for sharing that and uh, for joining us on the show today. We uh, we have an exciting agenda ahead. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about survey data, and, and my goal is to identify the top three findings from the from the data we collected. Um, but yeah, so is there anything you'd like to ask me before we jump in? <laughs> sure. Well,
1: Chris. Why did RPI do a survey?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I'm I'm glad you asked. So there's a couple reasons, and the first is that we genuinely want to understand what's going on in the community. How are folks feeling about the system, about the changes, about the the move of on-premise support to 2030, things like that. And the second is I think that collecting you know feedback like this is invaluable, and I think if listened and acted upon, it can help influence the future of the product. Uh, and that gets to my last point here, which is that we want to start tracking this information on an annual basis. I think that's going to help with trending and more accurately understanding what's happening in the uh, import community.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I think a lot of our clients are going to find this information really valuable. I mean, everybody wants to benchmark sort of where are, they're, where are they at and how are their feelings about their use of Infor software compare uh, with their peers?
0: Yeah, it's an exciting time, and I'm I'm thrilled to see some of the things that we've you know collected to this process. And hopefully, you know, going forward each year we get a little more people to participate, and uh, yeah, trend in that information over time. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm I'm also not used to being in the hot seat, so I I appreciate you uh you throwing me one. <laughs> This is the first for RPI Tech <laughs> Connect. Um, but yeah, with that background, I'm glad we you know, got to talk about that. Um, but Let's go right ahead and jump into our first finding. And that first major takeaway is something I think we kind of almost anticipated, but now we have the data that kind of supports it. And, and that's that folks need help with reporting. The majority of respondents say the biggest area Infor can't approve upon is with reporting. And while we saw some improvements in 2023, it's evidently not enough. So what's going on? What do you, what do you think of that? Yeah,
1: I, I hear that a lot. And honestly, I think this is a broader issue with a, a big industry shift moving from on-prem to, to SaaS solutions. Um, you know, For a long time, we all invested in, in technology and education on how to use that technology around reporting based on, you know, on-prem relational databases. I mean, I personally have a, a programming background. Um, I think I'm still pretty fluent in, in SQL, even though I haven't used it in years. And it's it's a difficult shift. Uh, it's a difficult shift for me, you know, when, when the systems that I use every day are now on a platform that I no longer have the ability to just go in and, you know, do some ad hoc queries or, you know, access the data in the way that I'm familiar with, and I'm sure it's a difficult shift for uh, report development professionals, for IT managers and and directors, and for really anybody that needs to solve business challenges around data visibility, um, and and commit you know commit development resources in, in any particular area. Um, I think. The entire industry has been as in figuring this out uh, as as we've gone along over the past few years, right? So we've we've had first a, a big shift to uh, you know reposition these solutions as to multi tenant cloud, and I think really clarity on uh, reporting strategy has has maybe come a little bit too late, right? There've been hmm. a, a lot of us that have made that jump to the cloud and then found. Um, that the that maybe the direction from the vendor or the tools that are available or just like the understanding of what the strategy is and how to approach this in a, in a multi tenant uh, application delivery world um, just hasn't been as mature uh, as certainly as as what the world that we just came from in which you know we have twenty years of history working uh, with with database and
0: reporting solutions yeah those are great insights and it's what's interesting, too, is that the data, you know, folks are saying they're having challenges with reporting. And there's almost this kind of contradictory component to the data, too, that said, you know, when folks were asked how easy it was to access and retrieve data, a lot of folks actually said that, you know, they rated that process as well or very well. So, like, why do we think that there's this this gap or like different, difference in opinion on one where Infor can improve, and two, like some people are saying, it's it's totally fine. Well, why do yeah. you think that is? I
1: I also found that to be a really interesting insight of um, poking into this data. Uh, it's certainly one of the first things that stuck out to me uh, when when I saw the the uh, the really excellent infographic uh, that that you put together to to sort of break down all this information. And you know I. When I talk to when I talk to clients about um, you know how how well they're able to use Infor to get data out or or, or do reports, I think one of the things that's that strikes me is that uh, there are a number of different tool sets that are delivered by Infor uh, for reporting, and there's different tool sets that have strengths in different areas or more uh, positioned towards towards different use cases. Um, so, you know. Uh, as a company, obviously we're trying to provide as much education as we can on how to use those tool sets. Right, we want to enable our client base to understand what are the tools that are available, and how, what is the appropriate way to put them to use. And then, you know, how do we go how do we go about actually developing reports? But we also need to look beyond uh, the n tool toolbox, Right, um, the the clients that we have that are finding the most success with getting data out of their ERP system, use a multi-vendor approach to reporting. So sure, they've taken up uh, the the different reporting capabilities within Infor, but they've also taken advantage of the, the excellent um, interface and, and bulk data export capabilities of the platform to integrate other you know, third-party reporting tool sets, either cloud to cloud or by uh, Doing a maybe a data replication to a to an on premise or hosted database, uh, so they're able to really put put together uh, a number of different tools at their disposal. Uh, some you know baked into the application, others uh, you know maybe tools that they're already familiar with. You know perhaps already in that in that organization's reporting portfolio uh, that they have development skills and, and experience working with, and I think that that maybe helps explain
0: the disconnect. Yeah. So we, we think then that the folks who are value you know, saying that accessing and reporting on data within Infor are, we think that the people who responded well and very well to that question are, are deploying a multi-solution approach. Is that right? That's,
1: that's my theory.
0: Yes. And yeah. uh,
1: why don't you uh, let us know in the comment section if that's true. And if, <laughs> uh, I'd love to hear more uh, from, from clients. Uh, you know, is that, is that strategy working for you or, or no?
0: Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, a great comment, Stout. And yes, please, for those listening in, if you would love to, you know, we would love to hear from you uh, what your experience with reporting has been. Uh, are there any products in particular that we kind of frequently encourage folks to use Stout? Any, any name drops today? I, yeah, sure. I'll I'll just throw um I'll
1: throw a couple out there um, it, you know pr- pr- that I, that have really gotten a lot of traction at least among our client base. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a product called Spreadsheet Server made by Insight Software, uh, which is a really focused on reporting within Microsoft Excel, particularly in the finance space. Uh, that's something that really appeals to uh, accounting and, and finance professionals uh, working, with, working with Infor. Uh, the other one is uh, Dashboard Gear. Uh, Dashboard Gear is a, uh, a data model that helps clients, uh, helps clients with both ad hoc and uh, more structured uh, reporting needs. And it's a, it's a great complement to the uh, data models that are, de- are delivered by Infor.
0: Nice. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, before we move on to our next insight, uh, I have one last question for you about reporting is that, you know, there's been these challenges and I think at Infor Connect last year, they they'd mentioned something about a data lake. So what does the future of native Infor reporting look like? Is there any hope there? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a, a big area of investment by Infor. They, they did hear of uh, this feedback uh, from the from the client base and they position their development resources to to attacking it right there in force really prioritizing uh you know filling these gaps uh in, in reporting with the platform and one of the ways that they do that is they leverage uh some of the platform capabilities of amazon web services right we we all know that in cloud suite uh, runs on amazon web services and Amazon uh, has a, a lot of different capabilities and, and features that are exposed you know, at the application platform level that the Infor can then take and uh, make a part of their make a part of their solution. And the, the Data Lake is is one of them. Right? Data Lake is a an Amazon uh, concept uh, that's been brought forward by by Infor. Um, there's a lot that they're doing in that area. But I would say that, um, you know, our business needs, they can't, they certainly can't wait uh, for a new software mm. or solutions to be developed and rolled out. We cer- certainly shouldn't pin our hopes on uh, any one company uh, just, you know, coming through with some sort of silver bullet uh, for, for this, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: that's a great point. Well, RPI has <laughs> been
1: working in the in the in the space for a long time, right? And uh, you know, I can I can think of assessments that we did ten plus years ago um, that you know we we identified reporting as a major challenge, and you know, we talked about some of the. Some of the tools that are available at time and would position newer technology. This is this is a constantly evolving space, and there's always room for improvement uh, with with reporting capabilities. So I think it's important to just take a look at what's available now and uh, and and use use the tools that are available now, not not put off any possible improvement, and just try and keep in mind that you know whilst we try to position um, the areas that we are investing in, you know, to obviously want to align our work towards what the go forward strategy is from the software vendor, you know, any, any of that could really change, um, you know, as, as time moves on anyway. Uh, So we just need to make reasonable decisions to empower our
0: business users for their, their current needs. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for that. That's that's solid advice. Um, And I think that's a great, great segue into our, our uh, uh, big takeaway, a uh, second takeaway rather, and that is uh, about migration plans. So, you know, what we asked Lawson for finance users, uh, what their plans were for moving to the cloud. And most of them actually said that they were did not have plans to move within the next three years. And on the flip side, Lawson for HR, you know, they had a pretty much a contrasting response and most of them answered that they would be planning to move to the cloud within the next three years. Why do we think that there is this difference in opinion or, uh, well, not an opinion, but plan for moving to the cloud between these different uh, audiences? Yeah. Any thoughts?
1: Um, Yeah. yeah, That was really interesting. And, you know, that, that was at at first um, a bit of a challenge, I think for us to truly put our finger on and, I have hmm. to say that, uh, Chris, uh, your team has done a great job of really uh, digging into this data and, and doing some analysis to help maybe pull back the covers on uh, some, of, some of these insights. So you know, you. We, we took a look at the, uh, the question we asked about in force system usage, right? Like how, how effectively does your organization use the system? And we correlated that, uh, you know, within finance area, uh, we saw pretty good customer satisfaction uh, with the system, but that didn't translate as well over to the HR side, right? There, there were mm. a number of uh, number of respondents that actually identified their Infor system as uh, somewhat ineffectively uh, meeting their needs. Now. I think that definitely drives the momentum towards moving to a new system. You know, I would, I would, I would assume that those clients that find the Infor is not meeting their needs now. Um, You know, certainly there's areas to optimize or improve the way that application is aligned to their business processes and going through And an implementation uh, is an excellent opportunity to sort of reset that, right? Set aside what didn't work uh, in the past and and implement a leading practice design. I think in the HR space um, as well, the the way that the system is used is is pretty different than in finance supply chain. A lot of HR systems are really touching uh, every employee of the organization. And it's important for organizations to provide good employee experience uh, with things like, you know, interacting with HR, with employee relations, with, with tasks such as uh, benefits enrollment. And you know, for those clients that are still on Lawson, uh, I think that that solution can feel pretty. It can feel a little dated or, or awkward. Uh, to you know, the average organizational employee who you know, isn't using that system on a day-to-day basis, whereas a system like CloudSuite feels a lot more like a modern application and has a lot more self-service capability. And that's what the modern workforce expects. And I think that's a big driver uh, for clients, uh, particularly in the HR space, uh, to get onto a modern cloud-based application
0: yeah that's great commentary and so if, if I'm hearing you correctly here too it's that so the the folks who rated their experience using infor uh mainly the h r folks who who i guess said that their experience was less than ideal were more eager to to move to the cloud and it's probably based on that experience is that right yeah i i think that's
1: i think that's what we're seeing here you know contrast that to the the finance space where we have pretty high client satisfaction Um, and you know the for those clients that are still using Lawson um, they do have until 2030 to make that move Uh, so you know if if that system is working well for you uh, if you're if it meets your needs and there's no other compelling reason to move forward I can see why maybe organizations aren't racking that as a as a short-term priority
0: yeah, no, that's great. It makes sense too. It's, don't if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, ride it out until I think that's you absolutely have here. to. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> let's just say,
1: um, you know, that I know that our clients uh, face many competing priorities. So, um, you know, when when you've got a an end of life date for a legacy application that's you know still six years in the future. Uh, and you've got some pretty good client satisfaction on that application. I can see why uh, yeah. that's not
0: uh, more near term in For- that roadmap. Got it. Yeah. That makes total sense. All right. Um, so then, we're, uh, getting into the final, uh, takeaway from this, from this annual survey, it's, um, talking about workforce management, namely the Infor product. Uh, this question asked folks what they were using, um, to manage workforce management you know, responsibilities. And we saw that nearly forty percent were using either Kronos Workforce Central or Dimensions. And only 20, roughly 20% were using Infor WFM. Now, UKG has historically been a dominant player in the in the WFM space. And this data kind of shows that. But when you take a closer look and, and see who answered this question. Uh, when we asked this question uh, uh, specifically to Cloud Suite HCM folks, the the spread was about even. So so what do you think is going on in a in a workforce management space?
1: Yeah. Uh, obviously UKG is the established player there uh, for time and attendance systems. You know, in for workforce management is a it's a little bit of a newer product, but it still has a, a, you know a pretty long history and it's, it's fully mature. Um, at this point, you know, it, it meets all of the time and attendance needs of our, of our typical clients, uh, also has a a really strong scheduling application. You know, I think maybe it's just not as well known. Um, you know, there, Mm -hmm. there aren't, there isn't quite that level of marketing. And, uh, thankfully those clients that are, are running in for, for their HR system, uh, maybe do get exposed to the, the, the possibility of of consolidating to Infor for their time and attendance needs as well. Obviously, there's a lot of advantages to uh, being all on the same platform, especially when, you know, both suites of applications are best of breed.
0: Nice. And I think we've been seeing from our own experience, too, like internally and from, you know, prospects that there's this maybe renewed interest in WFM. Uh yeah. Both, you know, as an Infor application, but like as a need as well. So, like, why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, the you know the end of life
0: of uh, Workforce Central, um,
1: you know, I think pushed a lot of people to to take a look at their time and attendance needs, and um, you know, Infor for for their part has been uh, you know doing a better job sort of getting the name out there. You know, WFM is a is a top tier product. It just doesn't have that that brand recognition um, that that some others do, and I think that that's going to be a big focus of Infor, um this year is 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 educating the client base. Hey, here's what here's what some of the capabilities and differentiators of WFM are, and I think that's gonna that's gonna open up the possibility for a lot of a lot of organizations to make that jump to Infor WFM. You know they'll. They'll see what a quality product it is, and they'll see the advantages of um, that tight integration with with the HR system.
0: Nice, and, and this will be something I'll be curious to see. Like we'll, we'll ask a similar question like this next year, and it'll be interesting to see how much the data, you know, how changes between who's using what. Uh, I suspect that we'll see an increase in 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 WFM usage, so. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah. let's check in next year on that. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a calendar invite now. We can, we can circle back. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for uh, getting into the nitty gritty there. Um, so, you know, now that we've identified our top three insights from the annual survey, what do you think they suggest for the future of the Infor landscape?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, what we see here is there's some pretty good client satisfaction with Infor and we see there's a strong base of customers that are committed to the platform you know uh, as an organization we're aligned with that as well there's uh, uh this obviously shows that there's opportunity for improvement and that's really our mission here at rpi is to assist clients uh, get the most value out of their in for software investment
0: nice we're, we're getting to the end of our segment then and uh one of the things i like to do is and every episode is asked uh, the guest if they could offer today's audience one piece of advice, what, what would you, what would you offer them? Yeah. If, I would ask. if you've read through the okay. Infor
1: survey results, um, you know, and you saw some things in there that piqued your interest and you're wondering, Hey, you know, how does my experience with Infor compare uh, to, to other users or, or other customers that maybe are like me? Uh, my best advice is, you know, get in touch, Get in touch with other clients in your industry, uh, in your region, and make connections and, and share stories. You know, what's working well for you, uh, what what areas aren't, and and find out how other other users, you know, perhaps in your a similar role to yours, are experiencing the Infor applications. There, there are a number of different venues uh, for this. You know, there are regional user groups. There are uh, community sites such as Work Out Loud. And uh, of course, we are committed to making those connections as much as possible. You know, RPI, we host events, we have training available. Uh, and uh, you know, I think one of the big value propositions of the in-person events that, that we host are the opportunity to, to make those lasting connections. And failing that, Uh, Do feel free to get in touch with us and we'll be happy to uh, recommend uh, maybe another uh, client that we know about um, that's in a similar industry uh, role or or size that would be willing to uh, meet you and share some stories.
0: Yeah, thanks Stout. And and for those listening in, we do have a series of upcoming boot camps that we'll be hosting in Baltimore. It's a great place to connect with like-minded folks and to, to share stories like, like Stout encouraged us to, encouraged you to do. So um, if you're interested, uh, you, can, you can sign up for one of those by visiting our website. If you're interested in getting a copy of our uh, State of the Community uh, infographic report, you can do so by visiting our website as well. Uh, if you have any questions about today's episode or uh, a bootcamp or the infographic, you can also contact us at podcast at rpic.com. Again, that's podcast at rpic.com. Thanks so much for your time, Stubb. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. We'll see you next time. Take care.